Lift your head, lift your eyes Look to the sun In the test, in the trial His grace is enough His grace is enough Oh my soul Remember who you're singing to Take heart, hold on Remember who you're singing to He's still the Lord Almighty He's still the King of Kings He's still the risen Savior Reigning over everything His name is still the highest His strength will never fail His word is everlasting Yesterday, today, and forever Keep the faith and the flame Don't give up the fight In the night, speak His name Hope is alive Our hope is alive Oh my soul Remember who you're singing to Take heart, hold on Remember who you're singing to He's still the Lord Almighty He's still the King of Kings He's still the risen Savior Reigning over Still the highest, his strength will never fail. His word is everlasting, yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. at Fusion this morning. We're so glad that you've joined us here in person as well as online. Welcome. At this time, we invite you to stand up and greet one another with the peace of Christ.
Okay, no one lights a candle, I'll light the candle. Psalm 115, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. La gloria, Señor, no es para nosotros, no es para nosotros, sino para tu nombre por causa de tu amor y tu verdad. Amen. Let's sing praises to him this morning. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're saved. see you open up the floodgates a mighty river flowing from your heart filling every part of our praise your presence in this place your glory on our face we're looking to the sky You're standing with us now, Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart. Our praise. 
Sarah. Good morning. All right. It's time for the kiddos to be on their way to their worship and their learning this morning. And we get to bless them. They know what they're supposed to do. We know what we're supposed to do. It's actually a greeting and a blessing we can give to each other anytime during the week. Y'all ready, kiddos? All right. Let's bless them. The Lord be with you. All right, have a great morning. All right, it's so good to gather. It's good to gather to worship. We're going to hear the word in just a few moments, and so we'll pray for JB as he brings the message. We're going to gather later. JB will tell us more about that. And we also come and we bring our gifts, and you'll notice there are those offering boxes by the doors. You can give in any means. I mean, there's options online. There's options by dropping a check, and of course, put your gift in the door. It's not just that we give to the church. It's our offering of thanksgiving to the Lord, our gratitude for him and all he's done for us. And that's our minuscule expression of that, as well as the way we serve him in our generosity and caring for one another. So with that, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. We're going to use Psalm 25 as we enter prayer today. So please join me. It's good to sing the songs that we've just been singing, Lord, and we use this song that you gave to, to David, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust, I trust in you, do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. We come, Lord, with that confidence today. You are faithful. You are good. You are powerful. For yours be the kingdom and the power and the glory. You are with us and you love us. Lord Jesus, you went to the cross for us. And in you, we have complete forgiveness of all of our sins. We experience even that resurrection in how you call us to live and hope and have our being here 
in this life with that confidence. Being able to bless one another with hope that you, that you will not put us to shame. We trust you. We are grateful, Lord, to be part of this community, to be known by you, known by one another, to be a part of your church internationally, around the globe, days before and even future. Lord, we are part of your body. We can hardly get our minds around that. And so we come here into this place and person to person can bless each other and to know between us that we are part of the same thing. Holy Spirit, you bind us together. Keep us conscious of our brothers and sisters around the world in every continent, especially those that are really dealing in the heart of disaster, whether that's war or hunger or disasters as a result of weather or fire. Lord, many of us have connections with people living in Hawaii right now, and we pray that you will come around that community and the others who are pouring in to provide support. We pray for relief. We pray for a new day here and the courage to face what's next. Lord, enable them to support one another in their grief and their loss, and, and may there be hope for them. Resurrection there in very practical, concrete terms. We pray for relief and peace in the wars that are on our planet at the moment, not just the one in Ukraine, but in Haiti and in the Congo and other parts of Africa, the Middle East, Lord, there is war. We pray for peace. We pray for peace in our homes. We pray for peace for those who are struggling in their bodies and recovering from illness. And Lord, in that, we pray for Russ and Nancy especially as he's in the midst of his treatments, three down, one to go, we pray that you will encourage him and his body and them together as they face this together. Pray for those among us who are going through some loss and have experienced the death of a loved one even recently. We pray that you will bring healing there and comfort where there is grief. As we come to your word today, Lord, be upon Pastor JB and help us to hear clearly your word today and as he brings the message that you've been developing with him over this last week. Thank you for the team that we have here on campus, the team of preachers and leaders. We pray that you will, across campus here at Celebration and Watershed and here at Fusion, um, enable your word to go out and to be heard clearly by your people. And give us that confidence that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And that we don't have to fear, even though our culture seems to be moving further and further away. And maybe more in opposition, progressively, as, progressively against what we believe as Christians. Lord, remind us of the truth 
Keep us focused there. And it's in your name, Lord, that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. And good morning again. Good morning, good morning. I'm Pastor JB. It is a delight to be here. What a beautiful Sunday, amen? It kind of seems like the perfect day uh, to grill some hot dogs and brats and have a potluck. Amen? Well, we're going to do that. Okay, so if you're a visitor, welcome. You're welcome to join us. Uh, members, visitors, guests, friends. Uh, we are going to be in the pavilion after the service for a potluck. Uh, hot dogs and brats. I said hamburgers last week, and April was like, do I need to grab hamburgers? I'm like, no, I'll just own that. I made a mistake. We're not having hamburgers. We're going to do hot dogs and brats in the pavilion potluck. There'll be plenty of food, so please come, even if you haven't brought anything to pass. Uh, But not just the food. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be fellowship as we continue to grow as a community. It's going to be good. With that, a couple of uh, just announcements as as we continue to live into this vision of of connecting and sharing names and sharing experiences. uh, We launched some sign-ups for Breaking Bread Groups. It's a borrowed idea. Idea. Unashamedly, we borrowed this idea from another church, uh, but the vision is to meet three times with three different households over the course of three months, and uh, many of you have already signed up. Awesome. If you would like to sign up, uh, even if you've just been a guest with us, there are QR codes uh, by, the, by the offering boxes, and so check that out. And then finally, uh, just, just want to say uh, a, a big thank you and to celebrate uh, Great Escape Camp just wrapped up, and if you're not aware, there are so many things happening on this campus Uh, throughout the week, throughout the year. But Great Escapes Camp just wrapped up eight weeks. Uh, There's some more information in your bulletin. Our kids have been part of Great Escape uh, this summer. And so it's a a day camp that takes place over on the Anchor and the property. They do trips, and it's a great service to our community. It's also one of the primary ways that we raise funds for uh, Neighbors Plus, um, uh, which is an organization that we really partner closely with to serve our community. And so, uh, and with that, Park to Park's coming up. So just a little... uh, Make note of that as well, but awesome things happening, Great Escape. We celebrate the ministry uh, that takes place right here and the lives that are impacted. Over 150 kids uh, participated in Great Escape uh, this past summer. But we're continuing a sermon series. We're getting close to the end, but we've been in a sermon series uh, titled Teach Us to Pray, where we've been working line by line through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this, this well-known prayer that many of us memorize from an early age. And we're almost to the end. Uh, but we got a couple more weeks. We're going to just squeeze everything we can out of this prayer in a, in a good way. This week we consider uh, the concluding line of the prayer. The line goes like this. For thine or for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Next week we'll get to amen. But we're gonna, that's the line. Next week, amen, one week. All right, so, but the line, this line, and we mentioned this at the beginning of the series if you were here, uh, this is a line that you will not find in most modern translations of the Bible. When we read Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it ends before this. Um, and that's because, um, because in the earliest manuscripts that we have of the Gospel of Matthew, this line is not included. It was a later edit. Um, and, but it is in the King James, and so we're going to read the New King James. And the reason why it's still in, in, the, in the King James Version is because that manuscript wasn't discovered till after the King James translation was, was, was translated, was written, which tells us something really cool. This is just a side note, that we are still discovering things, archaeologically speaking, uh, that speak and shed light and speak truth into what we believe, which I think 
is a really cool thing. Amen. And, uh, but the other piece of that is this was, this was part of the Lord's Prayer for centuries. And so the earliest record of this uh, ending, I think, is third or fourth century. Uh, that was some of the conversations Pastor Aaron, Pastor Bill, and I were having. So it is an appropriate doxology that kind of summarizes Jesus' prayer, concludes the prayer in a beautiful way. And it's long been part of how the church has used this prayer. And so we are going to recite using uh, the New King James Version, which includes this part of the prayer, kind of in more modern language. If you're willing, if you're able, I invite you to stand as we pray, as we listen, as we recite uh, using these words from Matthew 6, beginning with verse 9. I will start and then invite you to join in at our Father. In this manner, therefore, pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's continue to join our hearts in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, how you were at work uh, to put these words to the page. And Holy Spirit, how you have been at work to preserve these words through the centuries. And Holy Spirit, how you continue to be at work as we read, as we study, as we consider these words today. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would uh, be present. We know you are present, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears so that we might hear from you, Lord, and that in that hearing we might continue to be formed more into the likeness of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's in his name that we pray all of these things. Amen. And amen. The past couple summers, uh, our family... um, has taken full advantage of a, of a season pass uh, to Michigan's adventure that we've gotten from Yvonne's parents. And so most weekends we pack up and we, we head to Michigan's adventure for a day of fun and excitement. And uh, I will just say this in reference to that, 48 inches is not tall enough to ride shivering timbers. We experienced that in a profound way. But anyway, uh, that's a story for another day. Uh, anyway, uh, but, but anyway, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in the Milwaukee area, and so Michigan's Adventure, that was not the theme park of choice for us in Milwaukee. The theme park of choice was Six Flags Great America. Has anyone been to Six Flags Great America? Gurney, Illinois, right on the Wisconsin-Illinois border, uh, home of Gurney Mills, which used to be the largest mall of, in America before the Mall of America. I don't even know what it is anymore. But anyway, Great, of Ameri- great America. And, and Great America, I remember all these rides that I used to ride, Batman the Ride and, and Iron Wolf and Shockwave and American Eagle. And some of these rides aren't even there anymore. But it was an amazing place that I loved to go. And when I was in youth group, every summer... One time, we would take a trip to Great America, and that was like one of my favorite outings as a, as a youth group high school student. And, but there was, there was, there was, there was one of, one of those, those trips that, that stands out above the rest, 
And it's not for good reasons. I'll just start there. It was not for good reasons. Uh, it kind of ended on a sour note. But it, the year was, was 1999. Yes, young ones, there was a time before the 2000s. 1999, a whole millennia ago, right? And in 1999, I was, I was going into my junior year of high school, and, and I was, it was summer, and so I was kind of stepping into this leadership position in, in the high school youth group, upperclassmen, you know, so it was, and in my mind, I was, I was kind of, I was a big deal, you know, right? I'm an upperclassman, going to be a junior, leader in the youth group, kind of learning to play guitar. I'm like, I'm a big deal. People know me. I have many leather-bound books. Anyway, if you know the reference, <laughs> never mind. So anyway, I was kind of getting, getting high on myself. Anyway, and, and it, was, it was a pretty standard day at the, at the park until it was time to meet. And our meeting time was 8 o'clock. I remember this vividly. We were to meet at 8 o'clock, and we were to meet in front of the park at the fountain. If you've been to Great America, there's a carousel, and there's this large fountain, and we were going to meet right there. And so the group of friends that I was with starts heading back to get there right on time at 8 o'clock. Uh, but I had this problem, and I, and, I had, and I had this stomach ache. Like, my stomach was upset, and I wasn't feeling really great. Well, many of you are like, duh, you're at a theme park. Of course your stomach doesn't feel good. But anyway, in my mind, I had kind of convinced myself, getting back to last week, deceptive ideas, I convinced myself this lie, that the reason why I, my stomach was upset was because I hadn't had any dairy or milk products that entire day. <laughs> Honestly, I, was, I, I had justified this in my head. Because in my mind, like growing up in Wisconsin, I could not remember a day in my life when I had not consumed some form of dairy products. Like in, in Wisconsin, it was like breakfast cereal with milk. Every dinner, I had a glass of milk, maybe two or three glasses of milk for dinner. Like if I, if I played basketball with my friends, I'd come into the house. I wouldn't grab Gatorade. I would just start chugging milk from the carton. Some of you are like, this, ew. Yes. Like we passed out cheese curds at Halloween. That, that's not true. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Anyway, all that's to say is I, I had convinced myself of this lie that I needed some dairy product for me to feel good. If you've ever been to the theme park, do they sell giant glasses of cold milk? No, they don't. But they do sell giant cones of ice cream. And so I had convinced myself, this, I'm not making this up, that I needed an ice cream cone and that would make my stomach feel better. So I wait in line, I get my gigantic ice cream cone, and I start walking to the meeting place. Now I'm like 20, 25 minutes late. And not only am I 20, 25 minutes late, I'm the only one who's late, and I'm walking up with this giant ice cream cone. This doesn't send a very good message. In fact, one of my best friends runs up to me, he's like, Craig is so angry right now, he maybe used other language, you need to get back now. So I come strolling up, again, thinking I'm kind of a big deal, licking my ice cream cone, Craig comes up to me. He is so angry. He's like, where have you been? You are one of the leaders in this youth group, and I'll never forget it. He just keeps repeating this phrase. Who do you think you are? He's like, seriously, who do you think you are? Now, thank the Lord, I realize that that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Don't answer that. I kind of chuckle now, but in that moment, I could have cried. Like, I felt so terrible in that moment. Who do you think you are? That's the question I kind of want to camp around. Who do you think you are? Because I think this question that Craig posed to me uh, is, I mean, he's, he's saying this because he's so frustrated with me, but he's saying it and it gets to something deeper because in that moment, as a, as a junior in high school, who did I think I was? I thought I was more important than the rest of the group. 
Who did I think I was? I believed that I knew better of when we had to meet. Who, do I think, who did I think I was? I thought that my needs for an ice cream cone outweighed the needs of everyone else in the group. Who do you think you are? I'm kind of a big deal, was kind of the answer that I had kind of come up with in my actions. And think about this. That was 1999. That was before any of the devices, any of the social media, any of, of the inundation of messages that we get every single day, thousands of messages that we receive every day through media, through social media, all that, that tell us it's all about you. Media companies, right? Marketing. You need this. You need to go here. You need this product because this will make your life better. If we think about the question of who do you think you are, kind of the modern, this might be a little bit hyperbolic, but the modern answer is, well, I'm the center of my own little universe, is kind of the answer. Or at least that's kind of the prevailing message of our modern world, right? But here's the thing. The Lord's Prayer ends with this doxology of praise that asserts quite the opposite. That yours is the kingdom, God, that yours is the power, that yours is the glory forever, that everything is God's. Not mine. This morning, what I want to do is just show how this prayer, particularly this, this ending of the prayer, but the prayer as a whole stands in stark contrast with the world's prevailing message around kingdom, power, and glory. Let's begin with kingdom. Let's talk a little bit about kingdom. Uh, in a beautiful way, the doxology, this ending of the prayer was an edit, but it, because it kind of summarizes what we've, where we've already been. Right, we've already talked about kingdom, and so this is kind of a review, uh, but, but this is where we, right, kingdom. Remember we, we prayed, uh, your kingdom come, for yours is the kingdom forever. Uh, just over a month ago, we covered kingdom, and so consider this kind of a review. Again, the Greek word for kingdom is basileia, from the Greek word for king, basileus. This is a review from a few weeks ago. It's a word used over 160 times in the New Testament, over 50 times in the, in the book of Matthew alone. It's a word that captures the rule, the reign of God, not only as the territory or the lands that the king would oversee and reign over, but it also speaks to the sovereign rule of the king, meaning that when the king speaks, that is the law of the land. That is what it means to rule and to reign. And we remembered a few weeks ago that Jesus' declared purpose of his earthly ministry was to proclaim and usher in the kingdom of God, and he became a fulfillment of that ministry purpose. But in the Lord's Prayer, we've prayed this prayer, God's, that God's kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. And that prayer implies something. That it implies that in this world there are these competing forces, there are these other kingdoms that hinder what the kingdom of God uh, well, uh, hinders the kingdom of God from being fully realized, experienced, and lived into, right? And so we pray, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for more of God's kingdom rule and reign and gov to govern our world today. And this doxology reaffirms that prayer, that it's a prayer for today, yes, but it's also a prayer for forever. And the Greek word for forever actually means like a, an age without end, so for into eternity, Yours is the kingdom. That's what we're praying when we say, yours is the kingdom forever. And as we kind of review what does this word kingdom mean, let's just pause and recognize how counter of a message that is to the prevailing message of our world, our time, and our culture. It's, it's not about God's kingdom. No, it's, it's something else. It's in the air that we breathe. 
And to kind of get there, what I want to do is, in kind of a fun way, talk about politics. Okay. And what I mean by politics is grade school politics, okay? Do you remember uh, back in grade school, um, you had like class president or school president, right? And you remember kind of this stereotype of, 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 these, of a kid, like imagine a grade schooler running for, for school president, right? And they'd kind of hit the schoolyard uh, campaign trail and they'd start making all of these audacious promises to the other students, right? Things that they could never come through on, right? They would say things like, you vote me, class president, and we will not have homework ever again on a Friday into the weekend, right? You vote for me for class president, and we're going to have ice cream every lunch period, and there's going to be more recess time. All of these claims that, that, that they can never possibly fulfill, right? And yet, all the students are like, yeah, man, I'm voting for Charlie, Charlie said, we're having Choco Tacos every lunch period. And it's going to be free, right? And so it's like, yeah, whatever you want, you're going to get it. Vote for me. Now, it's a little bit of a caricature, right? It's a little bit of hyperbole, but think about politics today. In some ways, it feels a little bit similar as grown-ups, right? All of these grand promises that oftentimes are difficult to or impossible to deliver on. If you think about most campaign slogans, it's all about protecting certain things or giving you certain freedoms. It's, it's all about serving you and giving you exactly what they think you want or what you think you want. And I think it gets to the heart of even, of even this statement. I mean, your, yours is the kingdom. That's a political statement. But even here, like in our, in our context, we want kings, we want con- candidates, we want politicians, but we want those who really serve the true king. And if we're honest with ourselves, who's the true king for many of us? It's me. We want the candidates who serve my needs and what I need, my priorities, right? And so the prayer says, for thine is the kingdom, right? It's already on the screen. But you remember Bryson? He kind of gets some of those words mixed up. It's almost like in our culture, instead of praying, for thine is the kingdom, the, the prayer of our culture is, mine is the kingdom. It's really about me. I'm the king, right? I'm the king of my castle, the phrase, kingdom. Let's talk a little bit about power. Again, a bit of a review. Uh, earlier this summer, we, we spoke of God who is in heaven, which recognized that, that God is powerful, that God is above all the heavens and the earth. He stands above. He has, he has the power. He is the one who is able to answer all of our prayers, for yours is the power forever. This morning, just want to unpack uh, the original word a bit to help us catch the contrast again between our times today. The Greek word for power, uh, maybe one that you've heard before, the, the word is dunamis. Maybe some of you have heard dunamis. You want to say that with me? Dunamis? Dunamis. Uh, it's actually uh, where we get the English word dynamite. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, here's a little side note. Dynamite, which was invented in 1867 by the Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel, who sold it as Nobel's blasting power powder. No, Alfred Nobel, who went on to establish what we know as the Nobel Prizes, right? Which feels a little random and a little ironic, maybe? Okay. Anyway, that's kind of a side note. But dunamis means power, it means might, it means strength, and most often describes in the New Testament miraculous acts of power, like unexplainable, miraculous movements of God, miraculous power, dunamis. But at its most most basic meaning, dunamis is from the Greek uh, dunamai, which literally means to be able. So the core idea of dunamis is this, our God is able. 
That's a good word, amen. Come on now. Our God is able. So again, we end with the Lord's Prayer. We end the Lord's Prayer declaring that, that all power is God's, that all power belongs to God, all power comes from God, and is graciously offered to this world by God. Yours is the power. Again, let's, let's pause and just consider how counter of a message that this is to prevailing message of our day, time, and place. The air that we breathe, right? It's, it's this counter that all power is God's. Our, our modern world has, has created a, a relatively recent phenomenon, um, particularly within like middle to upper class America. But the phenomenon is this, that, that the experience of feeling powerless, right, the experience of feeling powerlessness, like I'm utterly powerless in this situation is actually for, for a lot of us a fairly rare experience. To the point where when we feel powerless in a situation, it's, it's noteworthy. And we don't like it, right? Of course we don't like it. And, and the reason is advances in technology and science and medicine usually present us with some options, even in times of crisis. Some, some simple examples. Um, your kid gets sick. That's a terrible thing. What do we do? We call the doctor. Or if it's bad enough, we go to the hospital. Or how about this? We... <laughs> We run out of food. What do we do? We go to the grocery store and we pick up more food, right? Or even this, my family lives thousands of miles away. I miss my family. What do we do? Well, we book a plane ticket. We fly over to see them or we turn on our device and we FaceTime and we can actually see them and talk to them and experience some glimpse of their presence. I mean, you realize that it's, it's not that long ago, just a few centuries ago, where, where if your kid falls ill, there might not be a doctor, I mean, there might not be a doctor. You're, what's your option? You, you pray to the creator of the heavens and the earth for, for him to save your child. Or let's say you're, you're struggling to, to produce a crop and, and you're running out of food. What do you do? You, you pray for God to send rain so that you have enough food to eat. Or if you miss your family because they're on the other side of the ocean because maybe you came to America, what do you do? You pray for your family and and look forward to the day that you maybe get to see them on the other side of heaven, right? When something incredible happens in our context today, what do we do? We immediately search for, for a rational explanation. Miracles are often explained away by science, medicine, or even coincidence, right? Power, for many of us, is found in, in human achievement. Which, by the way, those who've achieved greatly in, in, sci in the sciences, what do we do? We give them a Nobel Prize, right? Now we give them a Nobel Prize. And, 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 and not only that, but with enough resources or connections, I then have the power to draw on this deep well of knowledge and innovation to solve my problems that I face. I can draw on that deep well of human innovation. Now, I'm saying that not to disparage any of that. I am, I am incredibly grateful for advances in science, medicine, technology, all of those things. Don't hear me wrong. All, all, I, I, I think we should be grateful for that. And not only that, but we should recognize that all of these advances are actually a gift from God and be grateful to God for these gifts. What I do want to say is I think in our modern world, we've kind of lost any, any concept of, of transcendence, the vertical, Right? So, so we want to explain everything kind of on this horizontal or imminent plane. And, and we forget the fact that, no, we, we serve a God 
who, is, who, who came to us in Jesus Christ and his power and his, all of that has is, is been given to us. We've lost this concept of transcendence. And so instead, instead of, of, of believing that for thine is the power, for, for many of us, the, the prayer of our modern age is mine is the power or ours is the power, right? Humanity's power. Power. Then finally, let's talk about Glory. Here we're reminded of the, of the opening prayer where God's name is, is hallowed. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's, there's, hallowing God's name kind of carries a similar meaning to the word glory, uh, the wor- a word that's packed with meaning. For yours is the glory forever. Again, we'll go to the Greek word uh, that, that may be a little familiar to, to some of you who were raised in the church, but the Greek word for glory is, is doxa. You want to say doxa? Doxa. It's where we get the word doxology right? Doxology comes from the Greek doxa, which means glory, and logos, which means words. So it literally means a word of glory or a word of praise, which is why we often uh, will sing that at the end of a service, right? The doxology. Uh, doxa means praise, honor, glory, but, but at its basic meaning in the Greek, it means an opinion, uh, usually a good opinion. So um, held in high regard, right? Glory. Glory in the Hebrew is kavod, uh, which comes from the root word weight, or heavy. And this reminds us that, that weighty and heavy and significant things are worthy of glory, praise, and honor. Similarly, in the English, we might use the word gravitas, right? Uh, that person carries a certain level of, of gravitas, gravity, right? Weight. There's a weightiness to certain things. And those we hold in honor carry a certain gravitas when they walk into the room, right? So some high-ranking official like the president, if they were to walk in the room, or, or for us, really, it's, it's celebrity, right? So if a celebrity were to walk in the room, they, they carry this kind, of, this kind of weight, this gravity, and, and, and that's kind of related to glory. So again here, we're, we're, we end this prayer declaring that all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to God. That, that God is the weighty one, right? Kavod, who is deserving of glory. Now again, let's step into our context. Again, this is so countercultural, uh, counter, counter, counter to the message, the story that we've t- been told, the story that for many of us, it's in our bones, right? Our world right now is, is obsessed with celebrity. Quick story. Um, this shouldn't surprise any of you, but I've never been famous, right? Don't expect to be famous, right? Not famous, not a famous person, but, but there was one time when I, when I once got to almost experience what it was like to be famous. Uh, through a unique series of connections back in the mid-2000s when I was living in, in California, I found myself... I'm not making this up. I found myself at, at Huntington Beach, at the, at the beach, with a fairly famous NBA basketball player, NBA star, uh, and, and to the point where I was kind of in the same group, like, like we weren't best buds, but we're in the same group, to the point where we're, we're playing Frisbee on Huntington Beach. It's kind of surreal. Uh, he also had his younger cousin who was with him, and she wanted to bury him in the sand. I'm not making this up. This sounds like I'm totally making it. So here I am, like, burying this NBA star in the sand. I was like, this is so weird. Anyway, the, the, the part I remember is when we, when we pulled up, I was in a different car. We pulled up, and his cousin kind of says this. Uh, she says, you know, I hope no one recognizes so-and-so today. It's so annoying when people recognize him in public. And I'm in the back seat, and I'm like, yeah, 
I know, that would be so annoying. But like inside I'm thinking, I hope people recognize him. I hope they like notice him and I can kind of glean some of that glory and popularity. Like, oh yeah, I'm with the NBA star. Like I kind of wanted some of that glory and honor and praise, even if it's just borrowed, right? I wanted some of that popularity and fame to kind of rub off on me, right? Here's the thing. Today, so much time, so much energy, and so much money gets exhausted in propping up our images, right? And our reputations. Why? Because we want to experience that glory or that fame or that praise. For most of us, we don't get to some point of of being an influencer or whatever, but, but for many of us, it may come in how many likes or how many comments some post receives just to pause and recognize, like our culture right now is, is a black hole of, of self-glorification, self-honor, self-praise. And we can, we can work tirelessly. We can spend hours in curating this perfect image of us. And social media allows us to, to do that over time and throw away the bad ones. And so oftentimes that curated image isn't even the truth of who we are. And we do it so that we can get the glory and honor and praise. And again, few people, there's a few people who, who kind of gain that gravitas, right? But for most of us, we're largely kind of forgotten or ignored. And if our identity is, is wrapped up in how we can prop up our own value and worth from the affirmation of others, you can see how devastating and depressing and despairing that might be when we replace for thine is the glory with for mine is the glory. That's an unwinnable proposition. You see, when my my youth pastor 20 plus years ago called me out and said, who do you think you are? Seriously, who do you think you are? He was calling out this false narrative that we've been kind of highlighting. It was a narrative that I was already buying into in high school. That I was, I was the king of this world and this was my kingdom. I went to set it that way. The power is mine. In high school, the power to fix my stomach ache through ice cream, right? The glory was for me to receive because after all, I'm a junior and I'm kind of a big deal. And I fast forward 20 plus years later and it's only gotten that much more difficult not to buy into the hype of ourselves. But here's the beautiful mystery of the gospel. The one who actually belongs the kingdom, the power and the glory. The one who's deserving of all three of those things and more, Jesus Christ. How did he receive those things? He received them by laying each and every one of them down at the cross. He willingly gave them up. And this is the seeming foolishness of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became king as he was being executed by the king as a criminal. Jesus Christ receives power through laying down his power in weakness, laying down his very life. And Jesus Christ receives glory, honor, and praise. How? Through the humiliation and shame 
of the cross. The Apostle Paul says it much better than I can in Philippians 2. And so listen to these words uh, from Philippians 2. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Lays it down. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To God, to Christ, belongs the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever because Jesus Christ willingly gave up his status, his position, and his power on behalf of the world, on behalf of you and me. And it's not the way of the world, but this is the way of Jesus. The world teaches us to desperately cling and fight for kingdom power and glory, whereas Jesus willingly gives them all up. Which brings us, as we close, to the simple call of the Church of Christ. The call upon Jesus' disciples who pray this prayer, our call is to reject the narrative of building my kingdom, depending on my power, all to the glory, praise, and honor of myself. Instead, Paul writes in the New Testament, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God in 1 Corinthians 10. Later he'll write, but what, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him, Colossians 3. And we do this by simply living into the example of Jesus Christ. Now I recognize that's really simple to say, and really difficult to do and to live. And it's only possible because of this profound mystery that, that Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, lives in you and me. That Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit, lives in each of us. So if the same probing question gets posed again, who do you think you are? A follower, a disciple, an apprentice of the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I'm not sure how I would directly answer that question, but my hope and my prayer would be that all I say and all I do would be a mere reflection, a glimpse, if you will, pointing to the one who lives in me. Or as we're going to sing, yet not I, but through Christ in me. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God's people say together, amen. You join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the gift of the gospel. The gospel that, that tells us not only is this world not about, about me, it's about you, but a gospel that reassures us that, that who do you think you are? Apprentice, disciple, follower, 
most importantly, child. We belong to you. And that identity in Christ is what gives us strength and courage, which which empowers us to live, not, not for ourselves, but for the one who is greater, for the one who is at work in this world to bring restoration and renewal. So empower us, Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, amen. Invite you to stand and sing.
a reminder that uh, have some time of fellowship gathering here, but uh, don't miss out on the hot dogs and bratwurst over uh, the pavilion. Love to have you, even if you're a first-time visitor. We'd love to have you join us. Um, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, this this question that was posed to me, like, who do you think you are? And um, when I when I heard that as a high school student, like, I felt embarrassed and I felt shame. And when we think about living a life of humility, um, I think sometimes the temptation is like the fuel for that is can sometimes be shame or right, um, these negative things, but what we just sang, that's the fuel for living in humility, like, who do you think you are? You're loved by the king, and the king loved you so much that he, he sent his son to die, and, and Jesus died for you, right, that, that's, that's who we are, but he also died for, for all the people in the, right, that, that we interact with. And so it's not about us. It's about him, the one who loved us so much that he was willing to die. He calls us to serve this world that sometimes feels it is broken, but he calls us to serve and love this world. And so as you go from here, be empowered, be strengthened by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you want to put your hands out to receive this blessing, may the, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father Almighty, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. And God's people say, amen. Through Christ.